Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guides Bluff podcast. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Melissa Louise here. She's a sex educator, speaker, author, and pleasure advocate. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to talk with you. Your posts have been on fire. Oh my gosh. Okay, so tell all the beautiful people listening a little bit about what you're doing. Mm. So I'm an absolute advocate for people's pleasure. So what I believe and what I know to be true is that our pleasure and sexuality is our birthright. You know, the bodies that we're born into in our human experience are made for pleasure. And yet we live in a culture that's hell-bent on making sure that that's one of the last things. It's like it's something that we win or we earn. Our pleasure is not to be earned. Our pleasure is our direction. You know, our desire is what takes us into life. So for me, supporting people and knowing that when pleasure is your birthright and it's actually at the forefront of what governs your life, we end up living absolutely astounding lives. And we, you know, just even looking at the way that the hormones work in our body, we need to have pleasure to have less cortisol. So we live in a culture right now that is highly banked on stress and cortisol and we're so effing ill like all of these hot like this modern society the amount of hospitals we've got i mean number one that to me that's just mind-boggling <laughs> that we're meant to be so well and yet hospitals are these huge businesses so then to me it all keeps coming down to dis-ease when we're out of ease of our body we're not in pleasure we're not in ease and in the woman's body Pleasure is the, the huge needle mover that shifts cortisol out of the body. Our bodies are not designed to be filled with cortisol. They're designed to be filled with pleasure. Mm. You know, we have a nervous system that goes into fight and flight if we need it, but we kind of live on it. <laughs> it's like we're always in fight and flight. So <laughs> not really. That's why I'm just, to me, it's, to me, it's just really down-to-earth 3D uh, knowledge that pleasure is actually how our health thrives. Yeah, and I, you make such a great point. I did something, I did a video on this on Instagram recently on um, being in fight or flight. Because you're right about that. It's almost like we get so used to being in fight or flight, we don't even know, like, it's just my normal state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone around us is doing the same thing, you know? Just going and getting coffee is a stressful thing because the coffee maker is taking one minute more. <laughs> You know, our lives are really pinpointed into things that do not matter. And we can replace those with so many moments of pleasure and breath mm -hmm. and ease. Yes. Oh, oh, my body's taking too long to have an orgasm. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this is, see, it all comes down to it. Because we're such a huge disparity and we've had sex education taken out of our education, Sex has been placed into the corner of something that is to be whispered about. There's so much shame and guilt about it, yet our bodies run on it. We're only here. I often say to people when they talk about, yeah, but isn't sex something that is like, honey, you're only here because of it. Like without sex, you weren't here. Without ejaculation and your mother menstruating, <laughs> there is no human being. <laughs> you do not exist. Yeah, so yeah. it's at the absolute core of our existence. And... Um, when, you know, our sex education is not sex education. It's a, it's a bank of guilt and shame and fear that, you know, equates to condoms being put onto bananas and you're going to get a disease 
And we have generation after generation of women receiving penetration when they have no idea when they're ready. We have generation mm. after generation of men having no idea that they can, you know, that their sexual energy is not about ejaculation. And so they're placing like both parties, both men and women are placing all of this pressure on the other to know about their own body and yet it's their own body they need to explore and you know learning about maps of arousal learning about what actually happens in the female body in arousal when you know when she is ready you know people don't even have four have sex long enough for the amount of foreplay that's needed for a female body to be ready for penetration we accept that utis are a part of life they're not a urinary tract infection is not just part of having sex. It's an absolute message. Your body's not effing ready for penetration. Now you've got infection because of the way our body works. It's not designed to get infections and diseases, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Woo! Oh my gosh. Okay, let's just stop right there. I love that you yeah, just said I, that. I go down rabbit holes, so you do. Oh my God. No, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I couldn't have an orgasm. I was on multiple antidepressants and birth control and I was working in corporate America, felt nothing from here down. <laughs> so then, you know, I started this journey and became a coach. So everything you're saying is so true because now I've, I feel in my body when, you know, I look back at those times and I felt nothing during sex and it's like, yeah, no wonder girlfriend, you were literally like, hello, you weren't ready. So go into that about the woman. Cause I've had women tell me that I have a family member that, has a lot of UTIs. Why is this such a, hello, this isn't normal? Two major reasons, especially in the United States and Israel, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna push some buttons right now. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> UTIs are a direct result to circumcision and to a woman's body not being um, ready for penetration. So let's first, before we go down the circumcision rabbit hole, which is male genital mutilation, <laughs> we might have to do a separate one on that. But um, a woman's body takes up to, okay, the Taoists have always taught 45 minutes. Science is now pushing it to 20 because, you know, we don't have enough time for lovemaking, so let's just get the woman's body ready at 20 minutes. <laughs> but generally, it's, let's just go in the middle, half an hour. I actually saw someone sent me a beautiful image yesterday of a flaccid, okay, not flaccid, Often when we see images of the 12 centimeter clitoris and the bulbs and everything in the, around the vagina opening, mm -hmm. we always see that swollen as an image. We don't see it flaccid. So we have this aspect and what we're being fed is a woman is always ready because here's the images. Her clitoris, her legs are swollen, the bulbs are, you know, the clitoris legs rest over these swollen bulbs. Now that's, that is akin to always seeing images of erect penises. And we don't, we, you know, we see, you know, testicles that are hanging down and we see flaccid penises. You know, it's a normal image to know that the man's cock is flaccid, but we don't see images that show the woman's clitoris and bulbs and vagina opening to be flaccid. So it's an incredible image. It's really beautiful. Now for a, in Taoist, they teach in the Taoist tradition, they teach that the clitoral orgasm is the physical orgasm and that that needs to occur before entrance of fingers, dildo, cock, anything. 
we're all going and like, we're just being fuck, 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 fuck. And then we're going, I can't have an orgasm. Oh my, take your cock out and give me, like it's, you know, our body is not ready. So I'm not saying that every woman has to have a clitoral orgasm before, because if you are self-pleasuring and you're being completely turned on and your lover is just exciting you and you're so turned on that I always say to my male clients, your woman is only ready for penetration when she's begging for you. Yes. Not because she's wet. This is the other the fallacy that we have that just because there's some vaginal juices, oh my God, you're wet. And in go the fingers. Like, you know, there's no asking, can I, like men are not supported to learn that they need to ask. It's not, it's not, in, in many men, it's not even something they've ever been thought of because it's not talked about. This is not about putting any sex down. We're not raising our boys. Well, you know, we're not raising our boys to ask to enter a woman's vagina. We're not raising our girls to put up the boundary that that is non-negotiable, that you need to be asked, you know. Um, people always ask, can I sit down at the table when you're in a restaurant? Oh, do you mind if I sit down? But <laughs> they don't ask to go into your universe. <laughs> so when you're, you know, when you're asking and when you're putting up a boundary, so as a man, when you're asking to go in, you know that when you're being received in, you're so fucking desired and wanted that the vagina's ready, everything's swollen, there's enough um, vaginal fluids. So UTIs are coming from the fact that a woman is, there's too much friction. Because the other thing that in Taoists they teach is when the clitoral orgasm has occurred, then the tissue of the sacred area is full and swollen. So it's not a G-spot. This whole aspect, where's my G-spot? Honey, it's not a damn spot. It's a whole area. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's tissue that wraps around the urethra, which for the man, that same tissue is inside of his anus, which is his prostate gland. It's the mm -hmm. same emotional orgasm. So if, you, if you're a man and you've watched your woman unfold and she's on these undulating one hour, one and a half hour, two hour orgasmic state that she's going up and down, honey, that's available to you too. You just got to go up into your anus. <laughs> you want that? You don't just have to give it. <laughs> you can have it too. Anyway, <laughs> it's not just for the women. But this, this tissue, you know, often I hear, I can't find my G-spot. I don't have one. But women are going in or their lovers are going in with fingers looking for it without enough stimulation. Oh, so yes. once, once the blood comes into that tissue, it's all swollen. Now it swells around the urethra, which means there's no gap. A woman's body is on her side. We're not a problem to fix. Our menstruation is not a problem mm -hmm. to fix. Our orgasmic state is not an issue that needs to be sorted. So once the tissue is swollen enough and the bulbs are swollen around the entrance of the vagina, there is no room for bacteria. <laughs> the bacteria is kind of ousted out. So that, that's part of the issue. Women are slapping on lube to have a quickie because mm. their man's ready and they should be ready. And it's like all about his pleasure. Your vagina is not a cavern for his ejaculate. I know, I did a post on a woman feeling like a semen garbage disposal. Yeah, exactly. We're not. And then, so let's, let's also just remove, it's like that, that statement feels, I want to really empower the men. Men, your ejaculate is fucking liquid gold. It mm -hmm. grows a human being. You do not just throw that shit around and just like, you know, 
just ejaculate all over the place and waste it. It is not a waste product. That's my favorite thing. Mm, You'll see ejaculate is not a waste product. You use that in your own body. You bring it up to your hypothalamus. You have body orgasms, brain orgasms. You use it to make more money at work. All of my clients, I I got the best message six weeks ago. So nine weeks ago, I, I, one of my clients who's in Costa Rica, he's in a South American country, like we're not talking, you know. So here he is, he's working with me and I got him onto sex magic. It's like, okay, that, that ejaculate, all of the, the energy of what you want, like direct it to what you want, mm-hmm. direct what you need in your life. You know, masturbate, bring that uh, energy up your spine. There's all of these different breath works you can do. So always thinking about what you want. Within three weeks, he made a quarter of a million dollar bonus. Oh my He's gosh. Like, <laughs> Honey, sex magic is so true. I'm I'm sitting on a beach that I I bought sex magic in like a year and a half ago. I found this image. I didn't and I didn't find I found an image of Mexico. I was like, that's it. I'm getting out of Costa Rica. I had no passports, neither my son and I had part. This is a huge story, yeah. I love it. So the system saying Wait, so this just live. happened? This is a year and a half ago okay. that I got out of Costa Rica. So the system saying I I can't leave. Mm-hmm. I get my we go <laughs> and so then you know I have a vision board with you know this beautiful beach in Mexico on it and now I'm living in that town. I didn't even know that that was the beach I was coming to but that's the beach I used on my vision board. That's the beach that I masturbated to. Got out of Costa Rica, paperwork came in, get to Canada, move to Mexico. Here I am on the beach that's on my vision board. Wow. Yes, real, yes. Real 3D stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll go into that then too, because I I love discussing sex magic too. So discuss that with people, because sometimes I feel like people are like, oh, is that real? Is that like, what is that? Sex magic is the use of the energy. So the bridge between yourself and your, this is how I understand it. It's not scientifically written down this way. It's scientifically proven by (laughs) generations of people. Um, Napoleon Hill even talks about it in Think Big and Grow Rich, that without sex magic, without using your sexual energy. So sex magic is using your desire and using your sexual energy, which is creative energy. So the result of sex is, can be another human being. Now the creation of that human being is is such deep integral energy from your body, yeah? DNA cell, cell growth, everything, that energy to grow a human being just gets put into focus of what you want. Wherever you put attention, energy goes. So when you are making love with your lover or when you're self-pleasuring or doing, you know, turning yourself on and using breath to raise that energy while you're visualizing what you want, you know, years ago, the whole vision board thing came out. So it's like people are looking at their vision boards and that works. So to up it, to make it 10 times larger, faster, grander, you're bringing your sexual energy, which you're raising up your spine, which comes up to the hypothalamus. Okay, this has been proven. Alzheimer's disease has a direct result of not enough um, sexual hormones reaching the brain. So long-term memory loss is caused by certain hormones being depleted from the brain. How are those hormones produced? You don't need to go to the bloody pharmacy and get a pill. You masturbate. Dopamine, oxytocin. (laughs) The amount of people I've gotten off dopamine pills. I'm like, why are you taking a dopamine pill? 
masturbate. <laughs> and so don't dopamine feel is it similar to what, an antidepressant? Well, yeah, it's like to, to have feel good, like feel, you know, like when people have had um, operations and, you know, things, so they've, they've prescribed dopamine pills to lift their mood and to bring all of that up, you know, because we can't touch our own genitals. <laughs> That's against the law in many countries and households. Well, you know, where I'm from in the South, you know, the thought of doing that is like, what? Oh, yeah, don't touch your own body. You can't be doing that. <laughs> but then, of course, when you get married, you need to have a lot of sex. So it's like, what? <laughs> uh, and see, I find this is where I find the reason I do this, because I find that equation is really, really dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Raising our children not to speak about sex. But now that there's a freaking diamond on the ring, on the finger, go and sort it out. Yes. Yeah. And then the tut tut. <gasps> You've had an affair. Tut tut. Now you're divorced. How shameful. It's like, come on, guys, let's just get a big reality check and start having some honest conversations. And this aspect of successful relationships where everyone's miserable and lying to each other and sleeping in separate rooms out of resentment, not out of, you know, keeping their own space and cultivating sexual energy by being apart. We're talking about people that are, can't stand each other. You know? Yeah, go into that because I've interviewed people on the podcast that are really pro open relationships because they think that that's a better path than what you're talking about where it's, we've been married 50 years, but we're miserable. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I don't have... The reason I don't have such a great opinion, well, not that it's such a great, I don't have a strong opinion about open relationships. My thing is it's your relationship. Do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to go exploring, have, you have to work out, is, is, are your desires and your wants and your experiments, if they don't go how you think they are, what do you have as backup to make sure you don't lose the relationship? I'm under the thing is like, if you're going to be with someone for 45 years, 50 years, if that's the aspect of your commitment, that you're, you're a lifelong commitment, man, do what it takes, do what it takes. If you both have an idea that you have something you go, let's try open relationships for a year. Just make sure the container is really strong that supports both of you and that you have support if things get wobbly. Just because your relationship as a monogamous couple may not be thriving, it doesn't mean the other way is a solution. And I've lived in, where I've lived in Costa Rica and where I've been around in, in the world, and I haven't, I've only seen one couple. I know one couple. I know one couple that do open relationships well. Every other example I've seen is nothing I want a part of. Because they're still codependent. They're still doing, they're trying to find things that because this is not working. I'm not saying that open relationships don't work because I can turn around and I see so many married, I do not want any part of those relationships either. They're under monogamous thing. Mm -hmm. It's not about having a system that, that is better than the other. Is how are you two doing your relationship? Where's the honesty? Where's the, most relationships don't have courage in them. They don't have absolute radical honesty and true courage in them because we're taught to play a role. So if we've lived a life that up to our, we'd say, say, you know, the Chris Central getting married around 28, if you've never been really, really truthful with yourself and you've never worked in jobs that you really want to work in and at, 
you know, age 28, 30, you're getting married to the, to the person that looks right so that you can have, like no one's honest. So it's not a relationship based on honesty because most of us are never raised to actually do what's really truthful for ourselves. So it's not about whether it's monogamous or whether it's open. It's like, okay, two people together, what, what's going to work for us mm. right now? And that can change. Mm-hmm. We shift and change. Like be open for a little while, close it back down. Never be open, always be open. You know, like do what works for you as long as there's absolute honesty and integrity. And we're all human. We're all going to fuck up. This is also the aspect that people kind of have this perception that if a couple's in an open relationship, they must be really awake and awoke and they must be really amazing together. That's not the case. They're just two normal people trying to find a solution. It doesn't mean they're full integral. It does not mean that they, you know, they're enlightened. <laughs> I had one guy say that. He goes, oh, Melissa, honey, don't think we're enlightened. We have no idea what we're doing and we're just giving this a go. And we, we, we fight all the time. There's nothing enlightening about our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Right, we're one with uh, the universe. Because <laughs> I'm in an open relationship. Oh, my God. I don't even find enough time to have constant communication with one person, let alone three others. Seems too much work for me. Are you fucking serious? There's way too many messages. No, I agree. <laughs> Listen, I know a few people in Atlanta that do it really well, but they are, you're right. They are extremely disciplined with, this is our boundaries. We have communication. This is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. So yeah, you're right. If you want to do the work, it works, but. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is the thing. A lot of people are not willing to put absolute depth of work in the relationship with one, like to really have sex and intimacy as the core that runs their relationship with one. So running, so running towards something where it's like, oh, it's gonna be fixed if I can bring someone else in and I can have more sex with someone else. It's like, mm, that's an avoidance if you're doing it for that reason. Mm. It's just like, yeah, as I said before, there's not one way or wrong way. It's like, who are you? And who are you in that situation? If you're an integral, and you're really um, honest, and it's working for the both of you, fucking awesome. Monogamy is fucking awesome when it's done really well, when two people are so committed to each other. Yes. You know? I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so go into, because we, I want to go back to this. Because I've, I've interviewed someone, and we discussed this before. Tell, tell us about circumcision, because the mm. more and more I learn about this, it is very similar to when they think of a woman uh, with female mutilation, everybody's horrified of that. But then for some reason, uh, everybody around me where I'm from, it's assumed that the man is going to get circumcised. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a really deep breath. This is such a deep subject for me. Mm. You know, I had, a, I had a baby boy. Well, he's not a baby anymore. I had a son to a Turkish man. So this is really huge for me. Our bodies are complete, beautiful packages as they are. <laughs> we are born, there's no mistake in the human form. Now, when we go back to when circumcision was brought about, there's two major reasons. One is around elitism, and in the Jewish culture, they started circumcising so that the man could be closer to God away pleasure. So taking away pleasure from intimacy and the woman so that he can get closer to God. Not closer to God because he's more spiritual by not having a foreskin. It's just he doesn't feel so much pleasure anymore. So he's not going to be involved in pleasure. So he's going to have more time to pray. 
So what you do when you circumcise a penis is you turn it from an internal organ to an external organ. So now this cock has to sit on the outside of the body instead of being completely protected. So what that does is you take away, is over a, a young boy loses between 20 and 100,000 nerve endings in the cut. You take away his ability to have energetic orgasms just on the frenulum. You're taking away his self-lubrication. You, let's just go back to when it happened. Sorry, my, I just, I can cry every time I talk about this. It just makes me so sick. A young baby boy, let's just look at this. He's 48 hours old. He's come out of the protection of the womb. He's been hearing the heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. He's been breastfed. He gets handed to a stranger. He gets mutilated. Who do they hand the baby to? Mm. The mother. So it severs the mother wound. They never hand the baby to the father to conjole the, the baby. It gets passed back to the mother. In that moment, the mother wound is severed. How can that boy ever trust his mother? Wait, wait, wait. What do you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> I will, and I'll say it loudly. <laughs> so when we look at the energetics between the connection of the mother and the father and the child, the child has full trust. It's so vulnerable. He has full trust. The baby is being breastfed. So all of his nurturing needs are being taken care of. He's come out. He's been birthed. Hopefully, every time he cries, he's been held. He's sleeping with the mama. He's 48, years old, uh, 48 hours old. Sorry. I hope I haven't been saying years. Two days old. Um, so all of his needs are being met, which is... Understandable. He's hungry. He gets fed. He's scared. All of these noises, traffic noises all around him. He cries, so he gets held. He can feel the heartbeat. Everything's been taken care of because this is, this is the flow of nature. He gets handed to a stranger. He gets mutilated. There's pain. He gets handed back to the mother. In that nanosecond, well, it's not a nanosecond, in that moment. So we're talking about when it happens in traditional culture, the Turkish culture, the, the Muslim, actually, no, in the Muslim culture, they'll get laid on beds and 13-year-olds can get circumcised. It's not always babies. I'm talking about the traditional Jewish culture where the rabbi cuts it in a ceremony and it's handed back to the mother. In the United States and in Australia, they get these babies get strapped to a steel metal bed while the mother is outside of the honey it's disgusting it's horrifying mm. like we have all of these people that are advocating for animal rights because you know rabbits have been injected for our makeup start having a looking at videos what's happening to baby but they get strapped to a freaking metal bed the 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 sterilized metal thing and the mother's outside yeah and the baby's screaming they go into absolute shock so what happens is now the baby can't trust the mother like, this is what is like, what happened? Why, have I, why am I so in so much pain? You know, three hours ago, I cried and I was fed. Three hours ago, noises scared me, you know, and my mother held me and I can feel a heartbeat. Now I'm being mutilated and you get handed back. So this is the sever of the mother wound. This is the deep severing of the mother wound in our cultures, Yeah. So boys can't try. So when, when, I mean, I've sat in circles with men, like this is the deepest, deepest subject. And I don't want to go too far because without huge understanding, people can go off on tangents around stuff. But when you go into men's circles and they, in, when you're speaking about the disassociation, 
to the feminine. The majority of men that are disassociated to the feminine are either being raised in crack houses or violent houses and, or they're circumcised. Anyway, coming back, it's not always that. I'm not saying it's circumcised men. And I'm not saying all circumcised men are disassociated and disconnected from their mother. I'm not saying that at all. We're just looking at the energetics of where things start. So then when we're looking at the desensitization, oh my God, <laughs> I can't say long words. Um, a man loses his sensitivity. A man's, a man's head of the man's cock is designed to be more, more sensitive than the woman's vagina. He's got to enter her. He needs to go inside of a cavern that is so delicate. His sensitivity allows him to be softer and take more time and ask more permission because, oh my holy shit, the head of his cock is so sensitive. It's like... A circumcised man misses out on all of that. He's pounding and he's jackhammering away, trying to get back sensitivity. Women's cervixes are numb and pain through jackhammering and unconscious sex. This is not the man's fault. He's energetically, he's trying to get back 100 nerve endings worth of fucking feeling. So he's hammering away because he doesn't have the feeling. We don't have good enough boundaries to say stop because our vagina is there for someone else's pleasure. That's how we're taught by our mothers. Mm -hmm. Just lay. Do you know how many women I know in Australia were told on their wedding night things like lay back and think of the queen? You know, just this is just your duty now. Like we are taught. What the fuck? Our bodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm nearly 50, honey. I'm talking at, you know, generations back when I was growing up, you know, like in, when I was in my 20s. This is the shit that we get, that women get told by their mothers. Oh, it's just your duty. Just put up with it. Just, you know, just get, you know, just have your wine in the afternoon and it'll all be over soon. But what about women now? Do you think now that it's better? Because I still meet women in their 20s that aren't, because, you know, for it's me. It's not better. It's not better. This is what's so horrifying. Look at the slut shaming that's going on. And now oh, we have yeah. all of this. Can I... I want to get back to map of arousal because once we get out of all of this, like, eh, 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 this is what's wrong. I really want to come back into like, this is, you know, this is how we can empower. Mm -hmm. and this yes, yes. Play. But I just, I wrote an article for the Costa Rican news about this a little while ago. Oh, went on my Instagram as well. So I want to bring forth the aspect of what is the difference between Tinder dating and prostitution? Well, I don't call it prostitution, but this is the word. <laughs> Yeah, prostitution, you get paid fucking well for your services. Tinder dating is really fucking dangerous. <laughs> That's what Woo, I'm, I'm not talking about the general. There's so many. I've been on Tinder in Vancouver and it never is down. I started asking them, why do you think I would come over to your house? Oh, so, oh because, you know, I'm always going to find someone that will. I said, I don't know your last name. I haven't seen any ID. We've had no conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, okay then, bitch. Fuck off. Someone else will. The amount of women that would just go, and I'm not disempowering them. I'm not saying you can't do that. If this is your absolute choice and you're so into it. But when we're looking at cultural attitudes towards women that demand to see sex health, that have to get sex uh, health checks, that work with a... Um, work with a uh, security guard that have people looking out for them give me that situation any day than than going on a tinder date and knocking on someone's door and you get fucked and you leave leave and there's your seven minutes do you know what i mean it's like so we're just looking at i'm not saying any of it's right or wrong i just keep on bringing this that we all need to ask better questions like if if we're looking down when we're looking at government policies around that women don't have auto autonomy over their bodies and they can't mm -hmm. ask for money and 
work in the incredible sex, like the sex industry is, is I've interviewed people. I've, I've got such a long history of where my work started. I was actually taken into the penthouse in Sydney to teach because I, do you want to hear the story of how I started yeah, all yeah, this work? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I started teaching women. So my, I had a flatmate. This is when I was young and I was working in the health food store and working in a jazz club and I lived in a household. I was married to an Argentinian guy and, you know, there's seven of us living in a house and there's one girl that lived in the house and we, she said that she worked as a cleaner, but she would come home drunk at 6, 7 a.m. Or, or high as a kite, happy as Larry, like glowing every freaking morning from her night shift at cleaning apartments. I'm like, Jesus, I want to go and clean apartments if you come home, you know, high as a kite and drunk and you know, and she would have bruises on her and all of this stuff. So one day we would, um, not, not in a horrible way. Like she, she was, she was having so much fun. I couldn't oh, Okay. Out. We're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. She's so, cause she, anyway, so as I find out, she was working in a, an establishment for, for prostitute sex work. I hate the word prostitution and hookers because of the way that we use it. She was a sacred sex worker. Let's do that. So she told me, she's like, Melissa, you know, this is actually what I'm doing. And I've taken a long time to tell you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so fascinated. And I was a masseuse at the time and because she, she would pay me. Like, we're all, like, poor, poor students. And she was, like, throwing money at me every week to get a massage. And I'm like, how the fuck can you, you know, afford this? So I'm massaging her. And she was telling me. So when she told me about her work, you know, she said the amount of clients that she had every night. And I'm like, but why are you? And so I was going down the rabbit hole. So why do you have so many clients and how does it work? And then she talked about the fact that men could extend and all of this stuff. I said, honey, let me teach you how to massage his pelvis and his cock in him so he doesn't come. So he has to keep extending. Because I, I was married to this incredible, young, fun Argentinian guy at the time. And we had, we had so much fun. So I had learned how to move his energy and so that, you know, we could have sex for a long time. And so... I taught her, I said, this is how you do it. This is the movements. This is, this is this whole thing of moving energy from the cock up to the heart. It's all around massage techniques and it's around igniting the mind and all of this stuff. So she went, she was working a couple of months that way. And the way that she used to work, which was lots of one hour appointments was now moving into two, three hour appointments. And so the boss called her in and said, what are you doing? Like, are you selling drugs? Like, what are you doing that suddenly your work shifted? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. She goes, my housemate taught me how to massage men's cops oh, so they could ejaculate. Oh, my God. Was she <laughs> getting paid more like, help? Oh, she was getting, so she was working less and getting more money or the same money and working less because she would have one client for two, three hours and now having so much more fun. There's more conversation. There was more mm -hmm. like dropping mm -hmm. in with each other. So then what she was telling me, you know, then clients are staying with her because, they were having three, four hours of fun conversation. They were being treated really well. They were being honored. And they felt amazing because they weren't ejaculating within seven minutes and feeling depleted. They were like, their energy is running through their body. They need to extend another hour to have more fun. So they're like, call her in. And we're going to pay her to teach all of the girls here. And so then I'm in. Little Miss Hippie me that never wore shoes, never brushed my hair. <laughs> so you did it too? Pardon? So you did it too? You started doing the no, same wait, No, 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 I, I taught the girls oh, how to massage okay. their clients. Oh, so, so you taught then, all the ladies. So then, yeah, because so, they were like, they brought this girl in saying, your work is, like, your clients are different, everything, like, what's going on? They're like, you know, the way that we've always seen your work is really different. 
something must, you know, what's happened? And when she told them, they're going, oh my God, because now she was making them more money. So they're going, okay, come and teach all of the other girls how to do it so that, you know, the work can shift and that the men are feeling like they're more cared for and honored mm. and not just like, wank, 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 out you go, there's your money. Because this is the other thing. It's like, you know, being in that arena, having privy with my, with my housemate that was doing this, like the story she would tell me would make me cry. Mm. You know, it's, it's like men needing connection, men that can't, that are married with three children and their wife is controlling them with sex now because they want more money or they want this or the women are so shut off and the men are like fuck I married this woman because I love her and I haven't had sex in seven months oh. and I can't talk to her like you know the things that we had this perception of like I don't know there's a lot of attitudes out there that need to be broadened of well what's happening why would someone who's in relationship needing to go and the other thing is is like you know, like when I was speaking to all of the women in the place, like it was amazing. I had so much fun. I had the best day. It's one of like the best day I've ever worked. And really having, because I was so curious. Like, oh my God, so tell me, tell me, tell me. And they're like, look, girls can go out and get really drunk and pick a guy up at a bar. And they don't do self, they don't do sex health checks. We're mm -hmm. not taught how to look for diseases on a cop, but we'll still have sex with it. And we won't yes. even meet it. Like, we won't even have a look at the cop, but we'll, we'll just assume that this person is going to be okay. Yes. And this is what these women yes. were telling me is like, there's no, like these women don't go out. This is also too, like most of the women I met and talked to, they're like, we don't go out to bars and have sex. Like guys won't let us check their cop. There's no fucking way we'd ever have sex with anyone unless we can see if they've got any diseases on their, you know, anything going on, not diseases, infections. So there's yeah, also at least that at was that a way. Yeah. Wow. At it's least like that was very helpful. Yeah. So that's my thing is, is like, it's not an us and them. It's not these two worlds. It's like, we need to bring more education. Like these women that are using their bodies to earn money and they're, they're actually holding a lot of space, mm. you know, where men are really sad or frightened and men going to these arenas because they can't have the honest conversation with their beloved, their wife, that they want to try something different, you know, because their wives laugh at them or their wives are too nervous or there's no, you know, the amount of time, even, and I hear this from my clients. I'm even getting out of that world from years ago. Um, my clients were times I, I could never ask my wife that. I'm just like, well, why we're we in relationship if we can't be honest with our partner? Mm -hmm. Because we had it. You know, and so many women won't have conversations because they thought, oh man, if I, if I do, you know, my husband would think I'm a slut, you know, or my boyfriend would think that I'm slutty if I say yes to that. And it's, so then they go elsewhere. It's like, well, if, you know, so this is why people go into fantasizing and being with other people and watching porn because they can't have the true, mm. honest, courageous, filled conversation at home. And that's yeah. what makes me so fucking sad. No, me too. Listen, you, I mean, America, I don't know if we're even worse here. It's like 40% of couples, I read a study that are in sexless relationships, meaning they only have sex once a month. <laughs> and so I've talked to so many men that are such teddy bears, similar to what you're talking about, that the wife's completely shut down. Yeah, I get the, the I would love to produce a book one day of all the letters I get, you know, and honestly, and the men that are in so much pain because they love their wives incredibly and they, they just don't know what to do. They want, it, they want to make love with their woman. 
They want to like completely deepen their sexual relationship, but they, the woman refuses to talk about it. And these men cry. Like I've had so many men on phone calls that are just in absolute tears because they don't want to divorce their woman, but they also don't believe why should they give up sex when they've got another 20 years. You know, the 70 year old man that's sitting there going, the kids have left home. We've built the business. We're retired. He goes, I don't want to sit on my fucking ass for the next 20 years being bored shitless. I want to have sex with my wife. And she won't. And she won't talk about it. And he's like, I don't want to divorce it. Like, why would have I gone through this whole life to divorce her when we've built a life together? Yeah, and that's what that guy told me. But within the same time, though, it's like, so what do they do then? If, they're, if, she's, so, if she's been that long and she's so shut down, yeah, it's it take it's not just a one conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I actually had in one of my um my my most recent I've got an all men's uh, online retreat coming up. I've shifted to the end of October because I've had so much work this month. I can't do it this month. But um, mm-hmm. the last one I had was was one of these men that had been writing to me for a while. Yeah, he'd been writing to me for a while, and his aspect was was he couldn't speak to his wife about it. So he dropped into my. It was like doing the work on yourself first. Yeah. Because what is your offer also? You know, it's not always like it's all her fault. It's yeah. like, what has your offer been for the last 30 years? Very you know? true. Hey. And where did it start? You know, yeah. And where did it start? So it's never an us and them. It's never all one person's fault. So when someone comes to me like that, it's like, okay, you've got to work on yourself first. Let's look at. And once they start working on themselves and this, like, you know, the review I got from him after just studying with me for five days, like in this retreat, he was just, he's like, you know, they're having the best sex they've ever had in their life. It's also the, the polarity. Often there's no polarity in a relationship. So a feminine, mm-hmm. the, the woman in the relationship that's worked her whole life, she's raised the three kids. She's, you know, also been part of the business. She, she hasn't known how to be in her feminine nature. She's really in a masculine energy up against next to her husband's. And so we're bitter and we're resentful and we're depleted. Mm-hmm. So she's depleted. So it's like, okay, so what's your offer to your woman? What can you take off her plate? You know? And also the missing, it's like go away on a little holiday on your own and come back and send sexy, beautiful men. Not even sexy, just really adoring. A woman needs to be adored. Mm-hmm. And often too, it's like, okay, they're 70, she's 68. When was the last time you just spent three months adoring her just for the sake of adoring her, not needing it back? You don't need to hear that she says, thank you. Just fucking adore her every single day and watch her soften. Watch her nervous system soften. And then up your offer. How are you going to go towards her? What are you offering her? You know? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's all of the work, doing the work. And then, you know, it's like coming to, coming to really good conversations with her, having really good ways to speak to each other. Where's the values in the relationship? Making sure the relationship feels safe for both of you because often we go and ask for help when things are just gone to shit. So it's not just getting that need met that, that you're working on. It's, it's, it's repairing and rebuilding from the beginning the safety, the values, the trust. So just the trust that you've got her back. How can she trust you that, you've, that you know, you've got her back? How can she trust you that if she doesn't feel like, you know, cooking dinner and just she wants her feet massaged, that that's okay, that you're not going to get grumpy about that? Like all of those little things, softening the nervous system, all of that, you know, and then, and then she's more open. So it's a process. 
Yeah. And it's a beautiful one. It's, it's just not about the sex. It's about everything. It's like, how do you say good morning to her? You know? How do you greet yourself in the morning? Because also, too, how can you give love to someone if you don't love yourself? It's the quintessential statement, isn't it? It's like, if you're not treating yourself and you're not raising your sexual energy, if you're not masturbating, this is the other thing. In relationship, we put all of the pressure. It's like, well, I'm married now. I shouldn't need to masturbate. So I know you need to masturbate more because you need more sexual energy because you, you need your own self-pleasure and pleasuring into the relationship. Like relationship means masturbate more in my world. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up though because <laughs> you're right. I'm, I had a call with a woman, this was like last year, and she said that. She said, I'm married now. I don't need to do And I said, well, that's one of the first things that we would discuss working together is you, you know, touch your body more. Like you, what? That's him. That's on him now. Like when, since when, when, did, where did that belief come from? Yeah, it's putting the, it's placing all the response. It's like being non-responsible. So this is the other thing. We, we stop being responsible for ourselves. So we place responsibility on the other, which is so much pressure and just leads to resentment and disappointment because we're expecting someone else to do everything for us. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go into what you were saying earlier, because I'm dying to hear. Okay. So what, let's go first. What are women doing wrong in bed? What are men doing wrong in bed? And then let's talk about how we can, how both of them can have these amazing experiences in bed. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to get out my Instagram post. Generally, what are we doing wrong in bed? Number right. one is under, not understanding the map of arousal. So rather than going women doing this, men doing that, let's just bring it all into the center. Firstly, women are not having enough boundaries. Like they're not asking for their needs to be met. Coming one step behind that, do you know what your needs are? Do you know how your body works? Like have you brought yourself to a G-spot? Or a, I keep saying G-spot even though I hate it. The sacred area orgasm. Have you gone inside? Like the amount of, let's just look at this aspect. Women who are using sanitary products and the applicators that push the sanitary product inside of their body so they don't put their own finger in their own vagina because they don't want to touch their icky vagina, as they say, and then they expect the man to, to have their cock or their fingers inside of it and know what to do. Total irresponsible act. <laughs> you mm. need to know your own body first. <laughs> Self-pleasure yourself. Know how your body works. Know what it feels like when your body is swollen, you know, so that you can teach the other, yeah? So your map of arousal as a woman starts at the mind. You you. Your pussy's not ready like that. Your mind needs to be enticed. We need to feel intrigued and enticed. And that can just be a, a text message. That can just be a like, oh, holy fuck, you look so amazing in that dress tonight. Can't wait to see it on, on the couch next to your naked body. Say that to a woman. She's like, ooh, you know, you haven't touched her and she started. So then once her mind is open and once she's intrigued and once you're seducing her mind, her heart will start to open, but her heart opens. So it goes mind, heart, pussy. When the heart starts opening, that's through trust. How can she, how is she going to trust you that you are going to hold the container and the space for her to fucking let go, you know? So that heart becomes, you know, open and the heart starts trusting you. One way, you know, I had this most incredible experience um, a couple of weeks ago where for this whole night, this young man, <laughs> young man, 
<laughs> he made me feel like I was the only woman in the room for the whole night. And we're talking, it's a full on DJ party. There was all of these DJs. It was way out of town. He made me feel like I was the only woman in the room. That's how you build trust. Yeah. So every time I would go, like we talked and talked and he dropped in and he had proper conversations with me. You know, he didn't put me on a pedestal and just keep saying, oh my God, you're gorgeous. He's like, tell me this. Da, 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 da. And so really great questions. And I would go off dancing because I can't, if the really good DJs on, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seduce me tomorrow. Ask me out for dinner. I've got dancing to do. You know, <laughs> like I'm here for one reason. So then every time I would see him, even if he was talking with other women, as soon as I went past, it's like, oh, there you are. Good. I've got your attention again. So just by making me feel I was the only woman in the my heart trust, like I trust him. He's intrigued my mind with conversation, compliments, and I mean, beautiful compliments, but not sleazy ones, but really grounded compliments. And then my heart trusts him because I know even if I go off, I'm not going to lose his attention because he kept proving to me that as soon as I was back in this space, I was his priority. It's fucking hot as shit, man. It's so hot. That's how you open a woman's pussy. So then when you come down to a pussy, it's also, so opening a woman's heart is also massaging her breasts. If you're touching her, you touch and pull her hair, massage her shoulders, go down to her legs, and you make her pussy so hungry for you by not touching it. <laughs> you know, you don't touch it and it becomes hungry for you, you know? So you're seducing the inner thigh then back on the breast and massaging her breast, watching her nipples become erect, asking what she likes, asking what type of touch she likes. Because if you're with this woman for the first time, she's not probably going to like the touch that worked for the woman two weeks ago. It is, in all honesty, probably going to be really opposite, you know? So... That's like the mind, the heart, the pussy. Whereas the man's map of arousal, direction, erection. His map of arousal starts at arousal in the genitals. Boom. He sees something he likes, he's either going to fuck it or he's either going to run away from it. So if he's turned on by it, his erection is on. That's his body telling him, yes, go. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, if we look at the, what happens with the erection, it's direct, it's up, go forward. Now, his spiritual work in life, even with business, is like, how do you go the long distance? It might look really good and shiny, but let's keep the sexual energy going. Let's move it up. Let's, you know, you've got to have stamina. I mean, it's so disempowering. Like, it weakens a man. I, this is what I don't say. A man who gets, he gets turned on and ejaculates with seven minutes. You're just weakening yourself. Mm. It's not empowering yourself. It's not grounding yourself in the fucking the deepest power that you have. So moving the energy with breath and moving the hips, using breath, bringing it up, bringing it up to the spine, bringing it up the head, playing with it, seducing your woman, seducing yourself with this energy. It doesn't matter if your cock goes flaccid again and comes back up. You've got energy all through. So it's your spiritual work. How do you do that as a woman? It's like you see your man is turned on by you. And you know that you're not ready. So you, you invite him to do other things for you. You invite him, you play with him. And you can have bound, again, when I, on the Instagram feed for the last few days, you know, I've been quite strong and direct. But it's like by saying to people, this is your boundaries, a boundary is not like, oh, don't do that. A boundary is like, hey, honey, you know what turns me on so much? If you were to pull my hair and massage my breasts, I'm going to be so fucking hungry for you, but for me to be hungry for you, 
I really need you to do it for quite a long time. And I will let you know when I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, a man that hears that, if he can't hear that and he can't drop into that, you don't want to be in bed with him. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the other thing. It's like, these are like, we don't have to have sex with people. The other thing is taking an orgasm is not what we're going for in sex. We're going for pleasure. Yeah? Pleasure is what we're going for, not orgasm. Orgasm is a part, orgasm's part of sex, yeah? But it's not the main event. The main event is pleasure because in pleasure you are producing dopamine and oxytocin. Like our body needs this stuff. Mm, Dopamine's to go out and get done hormone. Like men, you need more dopamine in your body so you can make better business decisions. So you can play sport better. There's that whole thing, if you're about to have a big game the next day, don't masturbate. Fucking bullshit. Masturbate, don't ejaculate. <laughs> That's the difference. You want to be more on power? Fucking masturbate all night and all morning. Just don't ejaculate. Raise it up your body. Bring it into your brain. Boom. You're going to run faster. You're going to kick better goals. <coughs> well, I'm glad you said that. That's <laughs> about, the, <laughs> about the whole thing about... um. Like moving the energy up and then men, because that's one thing is such a big problem now in our society with men is the average man now lasts like two to five minutes. And it's so unfortunate because for women, it's like, there's, that's, it's really just, it's sad for both sides because for him, it's like, he will never know the captivity and the ability for his pleasure. For her, it's like, girlfriend, you didn't even get into the, where, where you could go, like. I, I, I refuse someone in a that's for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, you, what? you don't get to kiss me. I said, it's so funny when you're saying a man doesn't even last two to five, you know, for about two to five minutes. If you want to kiss me, it's got to last at least 20 minutes, half an hour. If, you know, like a kiss for me is like 10 times longer than that. You know, that's seduction. Just keep on kissing her. Speak to her through your lips. Speak to like, don't touch the rest of her body and just lean in and kiss her for 20 minutes. That's you as a man. That is you raising your energy up to your head. You, you're sitting in stamina. You're, you're not giving over to the addiction of release by, by using different methods to stay present. And also, too, what's happening. So what's happening? We're getting more and more shame around sex, where men are only lasting two to three to five minutes. And the amount of shame that men have around that. And oh, yeah. That around that, but they won't talk about it. So then, you know, the, so then also people don't talk. They have sex and mm-hmm. something like that happens. Then they just get up, they either fall asleep or they get up and go. They don't talk about it. Because you mean the woman just gets up and goes or...? I'm everyone. It, I'm just talking about the quintessential. Like if if you are getting together with someone, and that happens, generally what I understand and what I've heard and people that come to me, you know, they don't talk about it afterwards. They're too ashamed, or they don't. Or what's happening is men don't pursue women. They know they can only last, so they're not pursuing women. So they're staying at home watching porn oh, instead no. of pursuing women because they're too ashamed that they can't last, they can't give us. So then they need to go out and get drunk. So this is also the drinking culture. Mm-hmm. So when we know that we can't last very long, when we know it's not going to be a great experience, but we still want to go and have sex, going out to clubs to get drunk and take drugs to do it. Go and pick someone up in a bar, take them home, have a quick fuck. Because it's too frightening. There's not enough courage to be straight and sober and sit 
and find a solution. So we're just going to get the quick hit, mm. which is, you know. You're right. And I've done a post on that too, because I used to have drunk sex all the time in college. And now like, I can't even, you can't even, you can't even compare sober sex to drunk sex. They're not even in the same world. I was, I was 38, 38 or 39. The very first time, like, this is a big part of my story. You know, I, it was just before I was 40, one or two years before I was 40 that I actually had sex for the very first time without being um, drug fucked or drunk since I was 17. And we're talking 20 years, 20 years of this habit. I mean, I was clean and sober coming, like coming into that, but the, I started the relationship with the father of my child completely high and drunk, like for so long. And I became clean and sober in that relationship. So then when I left that relationship and I started a new relationship, I, it's one of the hugest breakthroughs I've had. Like I sat in the car and cried for about 40 minutes, nearly an hour. I couldn't stop sobbing. I was so frightened. I was so frightened. I had never been present with my body with a new man and I couldn't stop shaking. He was amazing. He sat and he's like, I've got you, babe. I've got you. We do not have to leave this car. We do not. And I seriously, it was like nearly an hour. I couldn't, I just, 20 years of horror and grief and fear just came out. It was actually one of the best dates I've ever had because after that it was amazing. <laughs> it was just like getting through all of that, but having someone to hold that space. But it's a very big reality. Like this is the more and more women I talk to, like I had a woman come to me last week and she had on the way to, to talk with me, to have the, the discovery interview thing, whether we mm -hmm. would be right for each other. She had that realization. She's like, oh my God, I've never had sex without being drunk before. And I'm like, honey, it's really normal. It's really normal. Yeah. And this is what we're stepping through. It's very, very normal. And that's what's creating the shame around mm. sex. We're getting out of our bodies to have such a deep bodily, bodily experience that it's not congruent. And this is what causes pain in the woman's body. This is what causes absolute pain in the woman's body is a disassociation. Mm. You're right about that. And I, I think that that's, you know, I, listen, I was the same way, you know, and I think that it's like, I think women crave the deep sexual, spiritual experiences sexually. And for me, I can, I've, the very first time I had that, I cried with a guy because it was kind of similar to you in that, you know, sober, it's like, I was like, whoa. And you, like when the guy can hold the space and you can fully surrender, it is this deeply amazing experience because that's what we all want. And this is one thing around the map of arousal. A man holds a space of safety opens a woman. If the woman, if she gets laughed at for her needs or if you feel uncomfortable about something that she asks and you kind of make a comment about it, an offhanded comment about it, she shuts down. I had this experience just on the phone through messaging a little while ago. And I went against my deep, deep intuition, but I gave my number to a guy and then I was just getting really bored. He wasn't, he wasn't stepping up and coming forth and asking good questions. And he wanted to take me out on a date, but I was just like, oh my God, like it's frustrating. So then I apologized about not contacting him for a while because I moved houses. Yeah. And I just wanted to be respectful. He had sent messages, whether they were interesting or not. <laughs> and so I just wrote to him and said, I'm really sorry. I haven't been in contact, but um, I've been moving houses and I did my back in. Yeah. I've been, through all of the stress of everything going on. And cause I've just been doing so much, my back gave me an And his first message to me after that was, 
or I can give you a massage for free. And I'm like, holy shit, like, who's this? Like, I don't know you. So I took, I just went, whoa, I kind of, I even dropped my phone. I felt so like, <gasps> like, what the fuck is that? We haven't even had dinner and now you want to touch my body? Like, ugh, and this for free? Like, what's, what, what am I paying for if it wasn't for free? Um, and so I, then I put in, you know, I wrote back to him two days later saying, hey, um, I actually found your last message really not okay for me. It, I don't feel safe in receiving something like that. Straight away, oh, you're too sensitive. That is how you shut a woman down. Yeah. Give a shit what you think, whether you think, oh, it was just a joke. A woman has just told you that she doesn't feel safe because men need to understand our experience as a woman in the world is nothing like the experience as a man in the world. Nothing. I can never understand what it's like for a man in the world. A man can never understand what it's like for me as a woman in the world. And we just need to agree on that and just know that and have compassion. We can't be like putting everyone down. You know, like that comment that I'm too sensitive is just like, delete. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up though because I was, I was on an app recently and that's one of the reasons, whoa, like I'm pretty sure the, a lot of women listening relate to what you just said and that's one of the reasons why I felt extremely unsafe in the world and I've tried to explain this to my guy friends because I know that they will never know what it's like to be a woman in our society. Because I was on a dating app recently and this guy just some of his comments, automatically I was like, mm, I don't even, we don't even need to eat. Because you've already, yeah. I'm, my body's Freedom. already do it, doing this. And now I'm going to listen to that and we don't even need to go, need to, go to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, this is a thing, you know, people think there's, like when I speak to clients or I speak, you know, to potential clients around this stuff, Oh my God, it's so much work. It's like, no, honey, it's not a lot of work. It's actually about living really well. Like you would want your mother and your sister to feel safe sitting next to a man. So just make this woman feel safe. And as women, protect your own bed. This is the other thing. Women say, oh, but he crossed my boundaries. It's like, honey, it's your responsibility to protect your boundaries. We can put in a boundary and that every single person around us has choice whether they're gonna respect that boundary or whether they not, it's our responsibility to move towards or move away. We can't demand that, so there is no demanding that someone respects our boundary. We take ourselves out of the situation if they're not being respected, that's us having our own back, yeah? And to dismiss someone's boundary doesn't get you close to them and that's it. So, so opening a woman's heart, making sure she's, she trusts you is, yeah. You know, mm. it's respecting her boundaries, doing yeah. all this stuff. That, that's enough. Like if you, you can entice a woman over dinner, like this whole map of arousal thing, you can take a woman out to dinner and you can intrigue her mind. You can really play the most fantastic seductive game. Her heart trusts you and she can be like opening her legs and you'd be fucking in the back of your Jeep on the cliff. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be this six hour event that you have to massage her for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's how you do it. A woman's pussy can get so wet because of the mind. This is the other thing. You seduce her mind and she trusts you. I mean, I know that's, that's for me. Like I can be so ready for penetration after three, four hours of so much intrigue. You know, my pussy's like, she's open because the heart is in so much trust. And it can happen on one night stands. It can happen on like just this, like, you know, you meet someone going through town and like, <gasps> the universe has brought you two together and there's so much fun. Go for it. There's no shame about that. As long yeah, as we're having an it. 
Mm. Yeah, because I think that that's one of the reasons why I, I pray that the men listen and get that because I'm working on getting better about communicating that. Because when you create the safety and the holding the space, it's fine. But if you haven't created that, why would you expect your woman to sleep with you? You haven't done that. Yeah. You haven't opened the door to, to safety. You can't take a woman out for dinner and then sit there watching all the other women coming into the restaurant and expect the woman in front of you to trust you. Like, number one. Like, that's just... Apparently, it is rocket science. <laughs> I used to think that was not rocket science. Like, well, of course, if you're taking women out for dinner, you don't pay attention to others. But that's not rocket science, apparently. <laughs> or it is rocket science. It's actually so hard for so many people to do. If you're not really wanting to be with the person in front of you, don't, don't put the effort into it. If you've invited someone out for dinner, if you... The other part is, like, how can men make women feel safe? If you are going on a date for the first time, and it's not, it's not um, applicable or it's not in the realm of reality to go and pick her up from her house. And I understand why women don't want to give out the address now. That's fine. But if you, um, so if you're not picking her up at the house, thank God I live in a small town because I demand that. I demand to be picked up at my house. I'm spending an hour to get ready and I've got high heels on. I ain't fucking riding my motorbike to the rest of have some respect. Um, so, <laughs> but if, if you meet, I know I'm so hardcore. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure every woman craves that though, but I'm such in a big city. No, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you're meeting them at the restaurant, yeah? Make sure you get to the... Re oh, I've got such a funny story. Make sure you get to the restaurant first and ask her to let you know when she's about to arrive so that you go out to the front in the street. Never make a woman walk into a crowded restaurant to find you. Like, even if she's going, oh, don't worry about it, demand. No, 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 honey, you're in my company. Because most women wouldn't have experienced that yet. So if you give the woman that experience, you're up. Even if she's, even if she's going, nah, 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 nah. If she can't receive from you, that's also a bit of a flag. If this woman can't receive and she's consistently stopping you rising in your masculine energy, then is she really going to surrender to you and open up and have deep orgasms? Probably not because she's always blocking everything into surrender and softness. But is that also the not feeling safe to receive? What is that? Yeah, women don't feel safe to receive. So it's mm -hmm. often a habit. As I'm saying, it's a habit. Oh, no, don't worry. I'll walk in. Don't worry. I'll do it myself. Don't worry. You want to be the man that's different? Oh, honey, I'm not worried. I'm just insisting that you feel safe in my company. I actually require that you let me know when you're coming up to the curb because no woman in my company has to search for me. Like we can do it all in beautiful ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so then when a woman, like for me, if I was to rock up to a restaurant, get out of the taxi or get off my motorbike, because <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> scooter, and the man's out the front, I'm fucking interested. I'm intrigued. Okay, show me more. If I have to walk into the restaurant, I've got my heels on, I'm walking in, everyone look, you know, because when you walk into a restaurant, especially as a woman alone, you get looked at. So I walk in, there's men at the bar, they're all looking. It's like, oh, okay, so straight away energetically, you're deflecting energy if it's not something you want. So now you've got to find the guy. Like all of this is going on. So by the time I sit down, I'm a bit of a like, oh, hi. You know, I'm not centered because I haven't been cared for. I've had to mm. do work. I've had to be my masculine energy to do work to find him. So when we're talking about trust, boom, open the door for her, pull her seat out, 
Ask her what she likes to eat. Do you eat fish? Ah, oh, do you know what? They do a great salmon here. Would you like me to order it for you? <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. Now let me tell you funny stories. Like the woman softening and softening into surrender is the most exquisite gift that a man can ever give her. To, to be able to create this safety where she can just soften into her radiance. Oh my God. It's so mm. beautiful. Yes, so and that's what I crave is to create a world where women have that. Like, think about if every woman felt safe to. And follow, and okay, so let me, because I love all of my stories, because I think my life is just full of experiments. So I had this gentleman ask me out uh, for dessert a little while ago, and we just got our very, that day, we got huge rainstorms here, mm -hmm. our very first thunderstorm. And if you've ever been in the tropics, tropical thunderstorms, <laughs> people die. What? <laughs> That's what happens. You know, roofs, roof come off houses and all of this stuff. Like they're huge in the tropics, yeah. So I it was one of these rainstorms, yeah. And he said that he would be at the restaurant early. Like he said, okay, let's meet at eight. I'll be there in his message, I'll be there at 750. I'm like, awesome. So if I rock up at eight, he's gonna be there. I rock up at a couple of minutes past eight, he's not there. You know, there's, there's rain going on. So I've ridden in my motorbike in the rain. So he never offered to pick me up. I mean, I shouldn't have gone. That's the end of the story. I should have said, look, sorry. This, I don't feel really looked after or cared for, so I'm not going to go. Um, so I, in my motorbike, I go. I'm all dressed up. I've got high heel boots on. And, like, you know, we live in a hot, sweaty town. So to make effort to get dressed, it's really noticeable. So I rock up. He's not there. He arrives 15 minutes late. He doesn't apologize for being late. I've had to find the table myself. Um, he doesn't make a comment on, my, on the effort I put in. Not that it's a requirement, but I'm shut. It was the worst date I've ever been on. Then I ride home in the storm. Like I'm as a woman on my motorbike. He never offered to get me a taxi. He never offered to follow me home. I go home, not one message that night to see if I got home okay. And not one message the next morning to see if I got home okay. And he's, he's confused why I don't talk to him. <laughs> he's like, why, why do you treat me this way? I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, wow. I could have died. You didn't even ask. Like, a woman, and also too, it's like, so it's making the woman feel safe. It's not that we're the weakest sex. Just take care. I would ask my son if he got home okay. Do you know what I mean? Do you even out of respect. Why do people not so, yeah, so anymore? I've asked this question and I've had conversations with guys about it and stuff that are also because of the way the, the fast food culture that we have, fast food, fast sex, dating sites, guys are like, well, why should I put effort in? There's just going to be someone else because they're so used to empty sex and they think that putting effort into a relationship, and it's not just men, it's women as well. Like, mm -hmm. I'll, just, I'll just have another one night stand next week because sex is not an act that we do. Sex is a place that we go to, but we're stuck in the act because when you understand that sex is the place that you go to, you bring your vulnerability, you bring your fears, you bring your pain, you bring your nerves, you bring your pleasure, your desire, you bring everything, but we're not doing that. We're having the quick drive through burger, the release, we're and we're addicted, we're addicted to the release. Yeah, because I went through that phase too, but that's so unfulfilling, <laughs> you know? 
Well, it depletes us. I mean, number one, it depletes you because if, if you're a man always ejaculating, you're fucking up your vital health. Like you're just fully depleting yourself. Like it's just, it's like always eating junk food and never eating healthy food, always sitting on the couch with the remote. Like it, it's not good for your health. If you're not going to go and exercise, if you're not going to get out in the sun and clean air, you can't expect to have a healthy body. If you're always going to ejaculate, you can't expect to be vital. Mm. We're just not taught that. Guys, oh, really? Because we're not taught it. But it depletes your vital health. It drains everything from your brain, for goodness sake, and you end up with Alzheimer's. <laughs> wow. And I really hope that they're getting like, that is insane. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh. Okay, so God, I live in wanna... Sorry, darling. I'm glad I live in Mexico and people can't lynch me. But I love it. It's a reality. Let's just get a fucking reality check around it all. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that that's, I mean, I think things are changing, but that's one of the reasons why America is such an unhealthy nation in terms of what we eat. Because everybody's, you know, just rushing around with the quick, let me grab a bite here, get back to work. Um, and so... Where do you want to leave everybody from this conversation? Like what final takeaway? Mm. Your pleasure is not indicative of another. Your pleasure is your own responsibility and your pleasure is your birthright. Yeah. And for women, you are not a problem to fix. Your menstruation and your orgasmic body is not a freaking problem for the pharmaceutical company to take counsel on. You're not. You are so freaking magical and so fucking powerful in your feminine body. The fact that you bleed and have a menstruation cycle and the fact that you have access to DMT releasing cervical orgasms and, and emotional orgasms and clitoral orgasms. This is, this is your power. And men, oh God, your power is in being able to choose when, how, and with who you ejaculate. You don't just start throwing that stuff around and putting it in the bin, honey. This is your freaking liquid gold. And if you don't have a partner and you're not having sex, masturbate more and more and more and build a fucking good business and join the revolution to free our culture and society. We need more men starting a revolution <laughs> for human rights and those men need to be masturbating a lot more <laughs> to use this because people that are empowered sexually can't be controlled. That's the other thing to understand. We're so controlled because we've had our sexual education taken away from us. Bring back the sexual education. Bring back the sexual empowerment. We don't have governments controlling us the way they are. They fucking well can't. We are mm. so repressed because sex out first. We've seen it in the Taoist culture. We saw it with the priestess temples through Tantra. They took it all down. They burnt all the witches. The, the most recent that we had in our white culture is burning all the witches. Get, the, get rid of all of that so that we can control you. I want the men that are starting the revolutions. They're the men I want in my life. I want revolutionary men that are masturbating two, three times a day. If you're one of those men, come and live in Mexico and let's just start <laughs> fixing the world problems. <laughs> yes. But you're saying masturbating and not ejaculating, right? Oh, yeah. Masturbation. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just masturbation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It's so good. Because, oh, my God, can't you, you know, like, isn't masturbating two days, two times a day too much? And like, nope. But ejaculating is, <laughs> there's a huge difference. So that's the power of the man. If To leave one thing with the men is understand 
that ejacula uh, masturbation does not equal ejaculation. Understanding that just opens up a whole new world. Mm, wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. So where can everybody find you? Hmm. In Mexico. No, you can online. <laughs> um, it's melissalouise.world. And then on Instagram, it's the pleasure studio. I don't, I've been removed from Facebook. So Instagram is the only place at the moment and my website. <laughs> okay. That's good. No, I heard there. Oh no. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you're on Instagram and I found you. This is such an amazing conversation. I feel like everybody got so much value from it. I'll place your links below. Thank you so much for joining us. Y'all let me know what you think about this episode. Like, share the podcast, write a review. Now we'll see you later. Bye.